another week, another Talking Dirty. Oh! Oh, this week I am on vacation, so we are going to do things differently, hence why I'm doing the intro and guys doing the owing. Oh! Correct. Uh, this is the <laughs> week one for the NFL, so we will be doing a complete NFL show, a complete NFL theme yeah. show. We, a guy has an in-depth breakdown of almost every single team, playoff every predictions, essentially every single team, playoff predictions, all that fun stuff. Uh, then we're going to do an NFL-centric top fives. We're going to do top five best draft classes and top five best commercials with NFL players in them. And we are going to conclude our episode with week one pickums. Uh, that's a big thing we do all season, so it's a great time to start listening if you haven't yet. Um, but with that being said, Guy, take it away. Yeah, so... Uh... Koozies, seven dollars. They're still here, man. They're waiting for you. They're bright and shining, orange and blue, Princeton orange, Middlebury blue. Correct. Gotta go get one. Get one while they're hot. They're great. Koozies. They keep your hands warm and your beer cold. Koozies. Fantastic. Koozies. But all right, let's get into it. To it, Ryan. How you doing? Though? I have no idea. <laughs> this is in the future. Yeah, we're in the past right now. Yeah. This comes out. I will not be in your living room. I will be on a beach. Yeah, somewhere on a beach, sipping something strong. Yeah, got it. My old girl, you got it going on. <laughs> um, how are you doing, dude? I mean, just kind of chilling, working. I, you know, maybe you get fired by next week. <laughs> Dude, don't say that. Man. I'm just saying, you never know. <laughs> the few, think about the possibilities the future has. Me, the future has so many possibilities. Like, you getting fired. You're really holding strong to this idea, aren't you? I mean, I I don't know. I might call your boss. You I might call your boss <laughs> next week. This kid's smoking pot all the time. <laughs> don't mind his medical card. <laughs> um, no, but I can tell you right now, in my present state, I am very nervous. Because we have a fantasy draft starting in six months, I do. Yeah. So while you do while you do all the previous stuff, I might chime in here and there with a, all right, I just got this person, or hey, I'm between this guy and this guy. Who do you want? Who yeah. do you actually go yeah. for? So we we will have that interrupting your segment. I feel so like we always. I apologize have, in advance. I feel like we always have a draft during our episodes. Yes. It's kind of like definitely. falling into place like that. I know mean, it's great. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually, actually, this one, I the the guy. Proposed it on uh, Wednesday, and my friend Stalter, who comes on the pod a lot, said, I don't know if Ryan can't see as a podcast. And I said, No, I can't. I'm doing it on the podcast. <laughs> We're doing NFL week. It's going to happen. Let's go. All right. Well, let's get into it. Pretty much, I did a whole breakdown of the entire 2021 season for each team. So I have it here for you. Um, so, uh, first up, we'll start with the Steelers. So the key pickups, I have key pickups for every team, key losses, X factors, and my own analysis. Okay. So key pickups for the Steelers, obviously Najee Harris, Pat Freemuth in the draft. And then it's Dwayne Haskins. Huh? It's Fryermuth. Fryermuth, whatever. It's okay. It's okay. Then uh, obviously Dwayne Haskins, who was looking good in the preseason. Yep. Key losses, Bud Dupree, James Conner, and half of our O-line. The O-line's the big, 
the big yeah. killer for us. Mm-hmm. That's like I'd say I'm sure you'll get into this, but like I feel like that's our big deciding factor this year. Yeah, yeah. And then my X factors I have is Chase Claypool. Yeah. Can he continue it going into the new season? And then Kalen Ballage. So if mm-hmm. Najee Harris can't step up at certain points, can Kalen Ballage do the same thing? The RB two. Mm-hmm. The RB two. Nice. So overall, the Steelers worried me this year. Maybe it's uh, recency bias given the Steelers gave up 24.8 points per game in the final five games of the oh. season. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. My worries are not defensively, though. Losing Bud definitely hurts, but we have a ton of depth and talent here. Plus, Devin Bush is going to be coming back as well. Mm-hmm. That, that thing, that's huge. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern, though, is on offense. Because let's be honest, Ben gets hurt a lot. And with the, with the significant losses to our offensive line, you know, more hits are going to be coming to the quarterback. Though I love what Najee can bring to the table, he's going to need to exceed expectations to let this offense flourish. On top of all this, the Steelers will have the hardest schedule in the NFL this season. Normally, as a Yinzer, I love this more because we all know the Steelers play down to their competition. So on the inverse, when we have a tough schedule, we play better. But I think this will only help in the playoffs during the regular season. I think we'll struggle a bit. Overall, I think we'll finish second in the AFC North with either nine or ten wins, just sneaking into the wild card. I I agree with a lot of that. What you said, um, I especially like the part where I'm worried, also worried about Ben's health slash the offensive line. Yeah, I think if our offensive line steps up and is great, then I think everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think we are going to make the playoffs barely because how hard the schedule is. Yeah. Um, but I yeah I don't know. It's just. There's a lot of like weird what ifs with the Steelers this season. Yeah. But yet at the same time, I'm very confident. It's like weird, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel it the same way. I'm really confident with this team, but I'm also very like I don't know a lot. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like what ifs. Then uh, for the Ravens, the Ratbirds, they had key pickups in Sammy Watkins, Alejandro Villanueva, and Rashad Bateman in the draft. They had losses in Willie Sneed and Mark Ingram. And then uh, their X-Factors this year, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, had probably one of the worst sophomore slumps I've ever seen in watching football. Yeah. And then Lamar Jackson. There's been a lot riding on him that scouts have been saying that teams are going to figure him out this year. He thinks otherwise. Um, The biggest thing that came out this past week is J.K. Dobbins went down towards ACL. He's out for the season. Yeah. So it's going to come down to Gus Edwards to uh, step up to the plate for the running game. Because we all know Lamar Jackson's the best runner on the field for the Ravens, but if Gus Edwards can step up and take more of that role on, that'll really help their offense flourish. They can get more passing done, and as long as Lamar Jackson can you know, make those throws that he needs to, the Ravens could look good this year. Which sucks. Yeah, I think, though, overall, it comes down to their defense. Their defense is just better right now. Mm-hmm. And I think, overall, the Ravens are going to win the AFC North with around 11 or 12 wins. So they're winning the division. Yeah, they're winning the AFC North. I think that's not a that not, it's not a bad take. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think it's very good. I think it's probably the most likely. reasonable yeah. and like likely outcome to win this division. Mm-hmm. Um, I but I I think it's tough with Lamar Jackson being your starting quarterback because I mean I don't say it's like all running quarterbacks, but. I'm just waiting for him one of these days to get hurt. Not in a, yeah, not in like a, I'm try, I can't wait till he gets hurt. Yeah, but it's, just it's gonna, gonna it's gonna it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, that team is done. Yeah, their defense is good. They can keep him winning some games. But, but Trace McSorley ain't gonna do shit. Yeah, and like <laughs> he's a running back, and he's their pretty much their whole offense. Like anytime mm-hmm. there's a score, it's usually because either people are like think he's gonna run, so they let the deep ball go, mm-hmm. or it, he just takes it for himself. So 
I think it all depends on if he's able to stay healthy, which is yeah. tough for a mobile quarterback. Then next up I have for the Browns, their key pickups was Davion Clowney. Their key losses was Sheldon Richardson. Their X-Factors, I have the passing game, and then I have their secondary as well. So if those two things can step up, mm-hmm. then they can they can be a good team. Um, pretty much the Browns finally answered the call last year, and they won a playoff game in Pittsburgh. Um, they did add some scary pass rushing in Clowney, which I mainly only fear because Miles Garrett is going to be on the other side of that uh, line. So he'll probably take two linemen at once, and then you're going to have Clowney just free bird. You know? Yeah. Um, but then with the passing game more so, I mean, we know the Browns, they have the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, one-two punch. but And they ran the ball effectively last year. And Baker made some plays in some games last year against some, like, questionable teams, but still he did it. And it's just, can he continue that going forward in the new season? Um, I think overall it's going to be a tight contest with the Steelers for the number two spot in the AFC North. But I think ultimately the uh, Pittsburgh will win that, and the Browns will be looking at uh, third in the AFC North with around eight or nine wins. Because, again, the AFC North overall has a tougher schedule this year because they had the easiest schedule last year. Yeah. Um, sorry, the draft is star, I spaced out. Mm-hmm. But uh, – did you – sorry, I just spaced out because the draft. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it started. It just started. Okay. Um, Browns. Yeah, no, I know you're talking about the Browns. I said what you said last, and I don't want to start talking unless so you I, just said it. I think it'll be a t- tight race for the number two spot in the AFC North. It'll probably come down to head-to-head matchups between Pittsburgh oh, and Cleveland. Yeah. But I think Pittsburgh will win that, and they'll overall take the wild card spot from the Browns. I agree. I don't think the Browns will make the playoffs. I, I agree, and it's tough saying that. I mean, I, obviously, there's some, probably some bias in us. Yeah. Because they're coming up their best season, and we're still saying that they're going to be less than what they were last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but last season, like like us, everyone crucified us for having a really easy schedule. They had just as, almost the exact same schedule. Yeah. And they were able to make the playoffs for the first time forever. Now yeah. that they have a harder schedule, do I think they might going to repeat? Probably not. I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, but another key addition that you kind of – not didn't really like Gloss forget over. whatever is um, OBJ missed most of the season last year, so now he gets yeah. another. So now he gets another receiver, which that might make help Baker out. That could that could at least help open up some options. I'm next. What's on the table? Everything we talked about. Saquon. Yeah. Get Saquon, dude. Tiger Kill, Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> Stephon Diggs, Barkley, Eckler. They're all right here. Devontae Adams is also here, but I'm assuming he's going to take Devontae Adams. Probably. That's and, and if not, I might. If Barkley is Barkley there? Yeah, but if he doesn't do it, I imagine that's where he's aiming at. Yeah, he's either going Adams or Barkley. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm up. Who do you take? Tyreek Hill. Oh wow. Saquon Barkley. All right, go on. That's all right. easy. I mean, I have another pick have a good receiver on the swing back route, or Kelsey if you want to go that. Uh, Devontae Adams just got taken last. So got the, the Stephon Diggs, Jonathan Taylor, Eckler, Gibson, Kelsey. Low-key. Just took Eckler. That's but, oh, took Eckler. Yeah. I was going to say low-key. You could take Eckler and just have two hard-hitting running backs. I think I'm going to go Kelsey because it's tough to have a really good tight end. No, yeah. You're good with tight end. You're good for the year with tight end. You yeah. take Kelsey. All right. So last year, I won the championship built on a team with Derrick Henry as my first-round pick. Travis Kelsey's my second. Mm. Now i got Saquon Barkley and Travis Kelsey. Yep. So I'm just keeping the Kelsey train rolling. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Let's keep going. No, you're good. I got my next pick's not for a while. Last one in the AFC North, as you might project, is the Bungles. So their key pickups were Jamar Chase, then the draft, and then Trey Hendrickson, who actually had 13 and a half sacks last year from New Orleans. Their key losses included Carl Lawson, Geno Atkins, and A.J. Green. 
Their X factors for me include their O-line and their pass rush. So overall, I mean, there's not much to say here. I mean, they really fucked up, in my opinion, not taking Penny Sewell in the draft. I agree. But they do have, uh, they did get some decent things for the pass rush, which should help out. Overall, though, I think they're going to be fourth in the division with around three or four wins. I think not having lines really going to hurt them, and Burrow could possibly get hurt again. Yeah, uh, I agree <laughs> with the like, – Jamar Chase is a great pickup because him and Joe Burrow are like, we're teammates. They're good connect chemistry already. Mm-hmm. But you've got to get alignment when you have – you literally have a guy who missed a lot of significant time his rookie season but yeah. still had a crazy season. Mm-hmm. Like You know he's going to be the guy in the future. You have to get a line, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, next up for the AFC East. So first up, the Bills. I mean, they had key pickups in Emmanuel Sanders, Matt Breida, and Mitch Trubisky. They lost John Brown, which kind of hurts, but when they pick up Emmanuel Sanders, it's not much loss there. John Brown didn't really do much last season anyways. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders will fill that void and answer. Absolutely. Their X-Factors for me, Zach Moss in their running game. Yeah. was very lackluster last year, and uh, if Josh Allen is my next X-Factor, he had an incredible year last year. But it was his first incredible year last year. So he needs to keep that up and not regress in any way. And that's why I kind of have the run game there, too, because if, God forbid, he does regress, the run game needs to step up. They can't be throwing the ball all the time because that that offense will get figured out fast. But overall, I have the uh, Bills first place in the AFC East with around 13 wins, plus or minus one. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say there. You kind of hit all the points. Next up, the Patriots. So they had key pickups in Mac Jones in the draft, Jonu Smith, and then Hunter Henry, both tight ends. They had key losses. They just lost Cam Newton this week, and then they lost Edelman as well. Their X-Factors for me include Mac Jones, Damian Harris, the running back, and then Belichick, just continuing to coach and perform well. Um, Overall, this is going to be one of the more perplexing teams for me of 2021. Last year, the Patriots definitely struggled, but they looked really good at times to, like, not count them out. Um, so like I said, they just released Cam Newton. So they're going to be rolling with Mac Jones as the QB one for the entire season. So clearly Belichick thinks he's ready, but will he be ready to perform to that Brady kind of standard? The next question for me is running back Damian Harris. He's looking amazing at camp and preseason, but can he continue this into the new year and in the regular season? I think the Patriots will be back into the fold soon, but not this soon. I have the Patriots going to eight or nine wins fighting for second place in the AFC East. I, I don't know. You I don't know. know. I don't know if they're going to be that high. You don't think? I think, I mean, I, I, I agree with like Mac Jones. Like, it depends on him pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't know because, like. They were 5 and 11. The Dolphins last year. are a good team. Yeah, and then I'll get to them next. And the Bills are two. And that's two teams that they're playing twice. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't know. I can't, I don't have the rest of the schedule pulled up, but unless Mac Jones is the second coming of Jesus. Yeah. It's going to be tough for a rookie, especially because those defenses are good. For a rookie quarterback, it's yeah. kind of rough. I don't know. So I, I think, I, I agree. I mean, they're not going to play the playoffs. It's not like you said they're going to make the playoffs. But mm. Still. Then I got the Dolphins. So their key pickups for Jalen Waddell, Malcolm Brown, and Will Fuller. Key losses included Kyle Van Noy and Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, they lost Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. X factors for me, obviously, Tua. So we got to see if he develops into the uh, quarterback they need to be for the future. And then Miles Gaskin. So the Dolphins, Dolphins are definitely a team on the up. The question is, however, is Tua the guy that will get them there? Tua looked great when he was throwing the ball from at least 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. The team has been working with Tua to develop the deep throw, 
but it's definitely a make or break year for the young Alabama prodigy. Hopefully, to, hopefully for Tua, the rest of the offense can help carry him until he comes into his own. Gaskins, Parker, and now Waddle should be able to provide that support. And with the defense, defense of last year retaining their studs, Xavier Howard, the only thing this team needs is Tua to act like a star or for them to find a new quarterback who will. And then we'll kind of get to that later as well with the headlines. Well, I guess we did that last week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Time travel. Time travel. Uh yeah, no, I agree with all that. I think Miles Gaskins can have he had a really good year last year. With the time travel. If anything happens this week that's like, oh, why would you say that? This just happened. We're recording this a week early. So yeah. sue me. Yeah. Well, we can say the time travel we think is they might go for Sean Watson. They might go for Sean Watson. If that happens, all bets are off the table there. Yes, sir. Um But overall I think the Dolphins with Tua get around eight wins and will be in the hunt for second in the AFC West, but will fall short of the Patriots. I don't know. I think they're kinda of like the Browns. A lot of promise they'll fall short to the better team. I don't know. Patriots like, lost a lot of I think they could be a playoff team. I think they could be a playoff team. They can. Just like the Browns can. Yeah. Their defense is amazing, I think. Mm-hmm. I have them on one fantasy league. Uh, speaking of that real quick, Seppi is killing it. So far, his teammate is Chris McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Patrick Mahomes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Chris McCaffrey, he went through <laughs> twice, and his second pick wrapped around was Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. Damn. Who let Kittle fall that far? Patrick Mahomes, I get, but... I don't know. I don't look at me. I was no, yeah, you have a tight saying. end, so it wasn't. I have a better tight end. Are you up next? I'm close. Okay. I'm up in three, but continue. So next up, the Jets. Key pickups, Zach Wilson, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Tevin Coleman. Key losses include Sam Darnold and Frank Gore. Their X factors for me include obviously Zach Wilson and then Corey Davis. So the Jets are yet again moving on to another quarterback of the future, this time in Zach Wilson. Wilson has looked on and off again at times. Week one, one week at six picks at camp, and the next is two touchdowns in a preseason game. As a Jets fan, I'm not sold on Wilson until I see it in the regular season. Obviously, Wilson is an X-factor, but I think it boils down to the receivers getting open. Wilson has a decent line, so I think he will have time to make his throws, and Davis is a good receiver looking to prove his worth. So I think he will have a good year at all overall, but the Jets themselves will not. I see the Jets winning around four or five games, being around the uh, at the bottom of the AFC East. Um, I'm up. Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, CeeDee Lamb are the top <coughs> receivers. I still have Robinson and Montgomery and Mike Evans down here. Yeah. Do I go for just double up on the running back again? Wait, wait. Montgomery or J- James Robinson? And then on the wraparound, grab a receiver. There's three good receivers up here. Wait, who, name them again. The receivers, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaren, and C.D. Lamb, and the running backs, and Mike Evans, and then we got Montgomery and Robinson. And I'm up in three more picks after this. Two more I'd picks go after Robinson. This. I, I think I was going to go Robinson, then Definitely. on the wraparound, if McLaren's still there, get him. McLaren. Yeah, I think that's best. Because okay. C.D. Lamb I like, but it's like, if Dak is hurt, that really hurts him. Mm-hmm. Not as much as like the other receivers in Dallas, but it definitely hurts his value at that pick. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson wouldn't be bad either. He just took Robinson. Okay, that's not horrible. He might go Montgomery. No way he takes two. He picks. went Gus Edwards. 
That's not a bad move for him, but yeah. I definitely take James Robinson before Gus Edwards. All right, sorry, McLaren. Because you don't even know McLaren, CeeDee Lamb, Montgomery, Evans, Godwin, Cup, Cooper Cup, Robinson. I already did that. Oh, you already did that. Yeah, I'm on my second pick now. Oh, who do you got? I just said it. Sorry, I, I, Terry McLaren, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Carson, Montgomery, Evans. I'm thinking McLaren. Yeah, I don't have any receivers yet. McLaren. Even if Montgomery be sweet and load up on a sick ass running back team. Yeah, no, I'd go with McLaren. Okay. All right, continue. Next up for the AFC South, I have the Titans. Key pickups, obviously, Julio Jones, Bud Dupree. Key losses, Corey Davis and Johnny Smith. X-Factors for me, early year Derrick Henry and their secondary. So, as we know, this team's probably going to be, like, the new contender of the year. A lot of hype going into this season. Um, for me, Derrick Henry, I mean, he's obviously a talent, but... Beginning of the year, he always is sluggish. He always starts slow. Yeah. And then once it hits like November, he starts ground and pound and dominating other teams. So if he can do that early on and open up the offense more, that would be huge for this team. The other thing is their secondary was definitely lackluster last season. I think uh, if their secondary can step up, uh, they can definitely flourish defensively as well. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. <clears throat> I think... Um, Um, yeah, their defense is a big question mark still, I feel mm-hmm. like. That was their biggest problem last year. Yeah. Tannehill's a very viable quarterback. He can do especially, especially with all the talent they have mm-hmm. offensively. I think the offense isn't the problem. Defense is, like you're saying. So Because, like, overall, their defense is solid. It has a few cracks, but it's sturdy. But with the expectations so high for, like, a Super Bowl, can the defense hold up against Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Absolutely Bay? not. I don't think so. Yeah. Absolutely not. I mean, I think they held up. Pretty well a couple years ago against the Ravens, but that just kind of be like that was more on the Ravens offense. that game, not really on the Titans. Like Titans came out hot and like they just wanted it more. It was like in any given Sunday situation. They're not mm-hmm. like a viable defense for like an actual long run. Like mm-hmm. they can win a couple games. They need to step up and maybe Bud Dupree after this injury is a huge pickup for them and he plays out of his mind. Yeah. I just don't think he will. I think it took out him one season how many we had for him to have an insane season mm-hmm. like that's not gonna happen i think that was more of a flash in the pan then uh so overall i have the titans winning their division with around 11 or 12 wins absolutely they're definitely they're, I, I just kind of shit on them and go they're definitely a good team yeah they're a good team they're they're like, super bowl ready. i don't think they're super bowl ready next up the colts key pickups carson wentz and kuwait Payne. he lost his philip rivers and jacoby Brissett. Their X factor for me is Carson Wentz. I mean, this team has everything in the makings for a Super Bowl run. They have the great defense. They have studs in uh, the wide receiver core. They have a promising young running back, and they have a good uh, committee behind him. Um, It really just comes down to the quarterback for me. Carson Wentz is dealing with a new injury that might keep him out some time. He's hopeful he's going to be starting week one, but we don't really know what's going to happen there. Overall, though, I see the Colts placing second in the AFC South with around nine or ten wins. Uh, yeah. No, I, everything you said, I, I 100% agree with. Carson Wentz, if if he's healthy and he plays like old Carson Wentz under Frank, Frank Reich, yeah. then they might be a really good team. They might be like a Super Bowl team. Yeah, absolutely. Just, mm-hmm. But if you get Carson Wentz like the last year in, in, in Philly, which I don't honestly don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to get the latter. I think you're going to get like the better Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. But if you have a shitty Carson Wentz, then you're, you're cooked. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. But I, I, I agree with you. Next up, the Jaguars. Key pickups for me, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, and Travis Etienne. Key losses, Travis Etienne. <laughs> That's great. X-Factor for me is Urban Meyer. 
So, you know, new, co- new co- uh, coach coming into the NFL, college resume, doesn't really have that much success in the NFL. Can Urban Meyer prove the doubters wrong there? He has a promising young rookie in Trevor Lawrence, and even though Travis Etienne got hurt for the season he's done, they still have uh, James Robinson, who looked amazing last year and should be able to hold that running back committee down. And a new member of my team. Mm-hmm. Then uh, they also have a great wide receiver court. DJ Chark is a great tall receiver that should be able to uh, make some plays happen. They also have LaVisca's Chenault, who was a great playmaker for them last year. And as long as Trevor Lawrence can uh, you know, play the way that he was promised to, then I think this team will be definitely one to be reckoned with in the future. I just don't think it's going to be anything in the near future. I think they'll be third in the AFC South with about seven wins. I, I think that's fair. I maybe not that many wins because they are still a really shitty team. I'm mm-hmm. not. I agree that they'll be third in that division because obviously the fourth team. Yeah, we'll get to yeah. a second here, but I, I think seven's kind of high. They don't really have much besides it's like a young offensive like playmakers. That's really they have Miles Jack on defense, right? And that's like pretty much it on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. With, if Urban Meyer, even if they don't have a successful season, you can't really judge Urban Meyer. You have to judge how like. Certain players are playing because obviously they don't have a full team yet, so you can't really judge that. Yeah, it's not gonna like you're gonna take a shitty team and rebuild in a day. So we'll see. Then, last but not least, for the AFC South, I have the Texans. Their key pickups: Mark Ingram and 22 sexual assault charges. Oh no. <laughs> key losses: the opportunity to trade Deshaun Watson for any true value. Oh no. I'm just slamming the Texans today. Keep going. X factors: the judicial system. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, man, that'd be a good clip to put out. I'm going to have to. That would be. So, for my analysis, I just said, look, this team's hot garbage. If they have any wins this year, it's going to be because Deshaun Watson played the system and was able to play for the NFL. Uh, I heard someone <coughs> refer to the Texans as this, and I thought it was the greatest comparison ever. Someone called them the farm system for the rest of the NFL. Yeah, they're like the pirates of the NFL. Literally, like, yeah. aka, if you have a questionable like veteran who needs like time, mm-hmm. like Mark Ingram and all those people, go. They're gonna go to the Texans. Make they're gonna play percent. pretty good, and then like the trade deadline teams that need them are gonna go. They're gonna. Yeah. Go. But uh, if Watson does play, this team can maybe have like three or four wins tops, and that's mm-hmm. embellishing. But it, without Watson, I'm I think they can go in six oh and seventeen. Uh yeah, realistically, yeah, they probably could. It's crazy. They're they're hot garbage. Then next up, the AFC West. So number one, obviously the Chiefs. I mean, nothing much here. They had key pickups in Jared McKinnon. Their key losses with Sammy Watkins. And for X factors, I just put injury because that's the only way this team's not going to do what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. Um, wait, can I update you on Seppi Stevens? Insane. Is it insane now? It's insane. Good for him. All right, let me, right. Get this. let me get it here. Sorry. What's he got? Um, he just picked up Mike Evans, Josh Jacobs. So he has those guys plus George Kittle, Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey. Damn. And the quarterback's Patrick Mahomes is running back to Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, his tight end is George Kittle, and his receiver so far is Mike Evans. Damn. That's, that's a good yeah, team. That's a good team. Damn, dude. He, he might win the league. He got last place last year. That'd be crazy. Yeah, it'd be a turnaround. From, from worst to first. But uh, I had the Chiefs of winning like 14 games. I didn't even look at their schedule. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just clocking them in at 14 wins. 
That's fair. Only three losses. I might, mm. They might even have less than that. Yeah. Next up, the Chargers. So their key pickups this year were uh, Jared Cook. Key losses were Melvin Ingram and Hunter Henry. X-Factors for me, Austin Eckler and their defense. So this team is on the up like the Bengals, but in a way better situation. Herbert looks legit as an NFL quarterback, and the defense for the Chargers on paper should be able to tear it up. On top of all this, the team gets back their running back one in Austin Eckler, who is a PPR machine. Look for this guy to have a stellar year. Quote me on that. Ooh, ooh. I just cannot wait until this team gets on the map and we have Chargers versus Chiefs two times a year. It's going to be amazing when that happens. Mm -hmm. Like Herbert versus Mahomes. Yeah. (coughs) That's crazy, actually. I mean, Herbert's going to be sweet. But I'm not sure why the Chargers get so much hate because I'm all in for this team. I think they do have a chance, if all works out well, to make a wild card spot. Overall, I'm thinking that they take second place in the AFC West and coming in around nine wins. Their defense is back. Austin Eckler's back. I think German James misses. Herbert doesn't progress in any way. They should be. They should be in the wild card spot. I, hundred percent agree. Then third in the uh, AFC or no? Oh yeah. Okay. Next team I got Broncos. Key pickups: Teddy Bongwater, Kyle Fuller, and Patrick Sertain. Key losses: Philip Lindsay and AJ Bouye. X factors for me are the Teddy Bongwater and Drew Lock battle. This team ain't much to ride home about. Pretty much, they might steal some games, but overall, I have them fourth place in the AFC West. Maybe five wins in total. Fucking piss. Someone just took what I was gonna go for. Who you got on the board? Are you up? Yeah, I'm gonna go Tyler Lockett. It's a good move. It's a good move. I had I was I was literally about to get Lamar Jackson. And Stalter took the move to pick before me. Of course he did. And no one was taking quarterbacks besides Patrick Mahomes at the point. I was like, nice. We're rolling. Uh, Aaron. He's still out there. I'm, I'm going to get him on the wraparound. That's a good move. He's going to have a revenge tour. Mm-hmm. <coughs> him or Dak. I'm not saying like like Dak. I, I would stay away from Dak he, just because of injury. injuries. Yeah, but like I feel like he's just a fancy monster. But if he falls another round for you, then yeah, go Dak. But I'm not going to do that if I can get Rodgers now. But, uh, yeah, the Broncos maybe five wins in total. Or since, since we're talking about the AFC West, about Herbert. Is that too – do you think it's too early for a Herbert move? It's way too early for Herbert, but – Because his average thing is around this realm. It's like a 55 right now. That's crazy. Dak, it, is, Dak and Russell Wilson are 50, average 53, 53rd pick. And we're on – I will be the 52nd. Damn. I, I don't like Dak. I don't like Russell. That's just my own personal biases. I don't. I don't. I'd Russell Asher. I'm not getting Russell. Yeah, yeah. You and me both. We're just like, Ugh, fuck this guy. All right. He. Okay. I can take Aaron Rodgers right now. Should I do it? Or should I try to hold off and hope? Because if people start going for uh, quarterbacks, well, here's the thing. One, two, three, four, what, five. What other players are on the board? Because if you if he takes Rodgers, Julio. Through, mm. I don't know if he's going to be number one or two. Brandon Ayuk. I don't really like him. That's not I really bad. don't like him. Gaskin, Claypool. Claypool's interesting, but it's too early, I feel. I have... Gaskin might not be bad for a flex, though. Just having a third solid running back, too. But yeah. I think you could maybe wait on him. What does the other team have running back-wise? I, I don't have enough time to look at every team. Just go Rodgers. 
So I have two wide receivers, two running backs, and a tight end right now. Or you can continue. I don't know. Alright. Fuck. <coughs> Who do you take? I didn't take anyone yet. So it's my uh, turn. I have 15 seconds left. I'll do anything they're taking. Egg for me. Damn. I kind of want to just wait until... The pick's got to be up, right? Yeah. Did you do it? The discount double check? What the fuck? They... They, they didn't. They didn't put the next one. They auto drafted me. Someone not. <laughs> I thought they were gonna auto draft me. Who they auto draft you? Mike Davis, running back Falcons, which might not be that bad of a move. I mean, he did good whenever fucking. It just sucks because you already have two running backs. Yeah. Because he did good whenever McCaffrey was hurt. He was killing it, and now he's on the Falcons, and there's really nobody else behind him. Yeah. I know. I was hoping they would draft me one of the receivers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well. Then, uh, next up I got... I Rogers. Next up I got the Raiders. Key pickups, John Brown, Yannick Dekui, and Kenyon Drake. Uh, key losses, Nelson Angelor and Tyrell Williams. X-factors for me include Henry Ruggs in the backfield. So, not much here. I mean, Henry, Henry Ruggs needs to step up and be the receiver he's drafted to be. And then I just have questions on the whole Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs situation, how that's going to pan out, if that's going to work out. Um, I think the team goes third in the AFC West because it's the top division, and uh, maybe second depending on their head-to-heads with the Chargers. Overall, I think they'll have nine wins. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit. <clears throat> that's a maybe, but yeah. So that ends the uh, AFC playoff picture for me. Uh, I have in order of seeding for the AFC the Chiefs, the Bills, the Titans, the Ravens, the Colts, the Chargers, and the Steelers. More time. Sorry. Chiefs one, Bills two, Titans three, Ravens four. That's your division winners. Five Colts, six Chargers, seven Steelers. So we're the last wild card? Mm hmm. I think it might be ahead of the Chargers, depending on their strength of schedule, but yeah, I like that. I like that. I mm-hmm. think so. I think, obviously, your outliers like that are going to be really close. They're going to be... It's going to come down to the Browns, Raiders, Chargers, and Steelers, and Dolphins. And then I say Dolphins definitely are part of that. Maybe the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Then, so now we take it to the NFC. Start off with the NFC North. Packers. Packers. Rodgers revenge tour. Key pickups. They got Randall Cobb. They got Amari Rodgers in the draft. They lost Jamal Williams, their backup running back. X-Factors for me, uh, Rodgers' desire to win and the defense. So the defense is definitely soft at times. Um, Whenever they play a tough team, they kind of are lackluster a bit. And then for Rodgers, I mean, I think Randall Cobb's going to be a great, like, last pickup in the draft. Yeah. Or an early waiver wire target. But also when I was writing this, I was like, Amari Rogers. Rogers to Rogers. He might just kill it some weeks. Yeah. They love that Rogers to Rogers thing. They love it, so they're just gonna that's just how it's gonna shake out. That's just how it's gonna shake out. Like, I'll be my last name, I'll throw it to you. Well remember Richard Rogers? 
The tight end they had? No, but... Yeah, he, like, bombed a couple Hail Marys to him a couple times. Yeah, there you go. I just think... I, I don't know. Part of me thinks Amari Rogers might pan out there. But, uh, overall, I had the Packers winning the NFC North, coming in at 13 wins. Okay. Next up, the Bears. I had key pickups, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. Key losses, Mitch Trubisky, Anthony Miller. X-Factors for me is Andy Dalton's tenure at quarterback one and David Montgomery. So David Montgomery killed at the end of last season. Just one of those things, can he continue it into the new season, or is he going to regress a little bit? Then, just how long are the Bears realistically going to roll with Andy Dalton? That's the question for me. Because I was looking at their schedule, and a lot of their easier games are early in the year. So if they start Dalton and he fucks them, and they lose a lot of those easy games, they're going to be putting Justin Fields into shitty situations. Gets like the Bucks and the Packers and all that shit. Whenever you said they have an easy front half of the season, mm-hmm. that the exact opposite once my head. <clears throat> Which Wait, is kind of crazy. I didn't even think about the possibility you just said. my When you said they have an early season, it's like mm-hmm. really like easy. First thing I went to my head was Dalton's going to kill it versus him. And they're going to be like, all right, Dalton's starting the whole season. Then they get the shitty part of the season. He's going to get fucked on. Yeah. I'm and thinking, then they're going to throw Fields in that bad situation. I'm thinking more they lose those easy games where they should win. And it's because a hole that a rookie's going to have to dig him out of. Yeah, which he won't be able to dig him out of because he's playing against like the Packers and the Buccaneers and all the Steelers. Even, even the Vikings, like their second, their like, whole defense is like The mm-hmm. Vikings, you're going to get to them. Whether or not they are going to be good this year or not, their defense is still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I have the Bears. They'll be competing for the number three spot in the NFC North. Or they'll be either they'll probably be the number three spot. They could compete for the number two, depending on when they start fields. I see the Bears getting at least seven wins with Andy Dalton quarterback and possibly nine with fields. Then next up I have the Lions. I mean, they're the Lions. If it wasn't for the Texans, they'd be the worst team in the NFL for me. Yeah. They got Goff, they got Jamal Williams and Tyrell Williams, but they lost so much. They lost Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones. Pretty much their X-Factors is just DeAndre Swift being the next coming of Jesus Christ and injuries to other teams. That's the only way this team can do anything. But I have them overall just being fourth in the NFC North and will have at most two or three wins. Then, for the end of the NFC North, I have the Vikings. Their key pickups were Patrick Peterson, key losses Kyle Rudolph, and now Irv Smith, their other tight end. So they went out and they brought in um, Herndon from the Jets. They traded for him. Okay. But their X-Factors for me is Kirk and Primetime and their defense. So their defense struggled at times last year, but with the addition of Patrick Peterson, I think That'll be a big step up for them because yeah. um, their secondary was definitely where it was weakest, so that'll help them out. Then just Kirk. Can he finally move into that elite conversation, or is he still going to be kind of this middle-of-the-road quarterback? Um, overall, I expect this that they'll be second in the NFC North with about 10 wins. They do have a tough schedule, so the Bears may flirt with the number two spot in the division based off their head-to-head. Yeah. I, I agree with all that. I really don't have much to chime in there. Mm-hmm. Then for the NFC South, the Buccaneers. So their key pickups were Gio Bernard. Key losses, literally no one. X-Factors for me, their defense just staying the same as it was in that championship run. Brady's age, maybe it finally catches up. Who knows? And then also AB's attitude. So the Bucs are the Super Bowl champions. They went into the offseason. They didn't lose anybody except for like Shady McCoy. 
but they brought in Gio Bernard, who is better than Shady, and he's going to be the third running back. Um, overall, I just don't see anything that's going to affect this team. I just think they're going to be a playoff lock, and they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. And we'll probably be here at the end of the year saying that Brady has eight goddamn Super Bowls. Yeah, it's going to suck. I think they'll probably have around 14 wins, plus or minus one. Um, yeah. I, 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 how many wins? 14, plus or minus one. Yeah, I agree. Um, <coughs> my next pick, DTS, should go... Wide receiver, Odell Beckham, Robert Anderson, Tyler Boyd. Or Trey Evans. You already I, have too many running backs. I have three running backs, two receivers. I just drafted Justin Herbert. Because the guy right behind me yeah. is the only other guy who doesn't have a quarterback yet. Yeah, so you figured and I, Herbert. And I figured he'd go for Herbert, and I wanted mm-hmm. Herbert, so... Instead of letting him, like, we waiting, yeah, I just took it now. I I, I don't want to say take OBJ, but you might have to. Well, there's two picks to go, so maybe he'll take one or the other and I'll be fast. Um, I have Robbie Aaron from my other league. I don't really necessarily want to have him in two leagues. But I kind of like him because he has history with Sam Darnold. So yeah. like, that could pay off in Carolina, but it's tough. I don't think you can really go wrong in any pick there. Next up, though, I had the Saints. Their key pickups were Chris Hogan and Marquez Callaway in the draft. Key losses include Drew Brees, Emmanuel Sanders, and Jared Cook. Their X factor for me is LASIK Jameis. Analysis for me is probably another one of the team for me to root for the, in the NFC this season. Um, the Saints appear, appear to be giving LASIK Jameis the green light, and I'm ecstatic about it. Jameis is already throwing for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. On the year, he just had a shit ton of picks. Um, in the preseason, he looked really good with his new receiver, Marquez Callaway, and he looks to be a force behind Michael Thomas, if Michael Thomas actually plays. And then you always have Kamara to do to pick up where you know the loose ends are, and the offense should be good. The defense just lost a lot of key pieces, so that could struggle. Overall, though, I think this team is a playoff lock and looking around 11 wins. I agree. Um, I think... I agree with how Jameis is a key factor, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, if he he looks really good, and I think he will play really good, um, but if he does suck and goes back to his ways, then this I don't know. Out of the playoffs, probably. <laughs> I agree. Then the Panthers key pickups: Sam Darnold, J.C. Horn. He losses Curtis Samuel, Teddy Bongwater, and Mike da- Mike Davis. Their X factor for me: Sam Darnold. Um, it's just pretty much the proving point for Sam Darnold. Yeah. Is he good in the league or is he not? And if he's good, the Panthers can look good. If he's not, then the Panthers are going to suck again. Overall, I think the Panthers will be third in the division with about seven or eight wins. Yeah, I feel bad for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, stinks. And he's, he's, I don't know. He's not, gonna, he's not the type of demand trade. So he's going to be wasted a year. I think losing Curtis Samuels is low-key like a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I think he, I think he I mean, was a pretty, still, they still a pretty solid option. Yeah, they still have DJ Moore and they still have Roddy Anderson, but... Yeah. Um, next up, the Falcons. Key pickups, Kyle Pitts, Mike Davis. Key losses, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, and Brian Hill. Uh, X-Factors, Young Hoku. Pretty much they're going to be another bottom barrel of the league. <laughs> Young Hoku. Unless, unless Young Hoku kicks. Every time they get inside like the 40, they just kick the field goal. Young Hoku. is just like they, the MVP of the league. Yeah, and then their defense just holds strong or something. Like it, It's going to be some crazy shit. 
Overall, they're going to be fourth in the AFC, in the NFC South with about three or four wins. Right, yeah. <clears throat> They'll probably be looking at like an early pick in the draft and maybe a quarterback of the future, I'm thinking. Next up, the NFC West. First up, I have the Seahawks. They picked up Gerald Everett and some offensive linemen. Key losses, Carlos Hyde and Shaquille Griffin. Their X-Factors for me include Chris Hartson's health and their defense. Personally, I love Seattle. They're one of my favorite teams, but I don't know how the NFL fan base just thinks this is a Super Bowl-ready team. Sure, Russell is great when he plays under 500 teams, and they have some great wide receiver core, obviously, and solid tailbacks, but their defense is just a culmination of old vets that can't manage as a cohesive unit. We saw this last year time after time where the secondary just got dusted. Seattle's a playoff lock, but this team is a few pieces away from the Super Bowl to me. Uh, their division is one of the toughest in the NFL and looks to remain that way. The order, of the, the order of the division is a tough call, but I think Seattle goes second in the division with around 10 or 11 wins. Seattle's weird. They mm-hmm. they are so, I don't know, they're so like average in both <laughs> offense and defense that make them a good team, but not a great one. Like you're saying, they're a couple yeah. pieces short on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Like Mainly defense. Mainly defense, obviously more defense than mm-hmm. offense. But like even like down the stretch last year, like they're often struggled because they really didn't have a line to like protect Russ, and he kind of starts sucking pretty bad. Yeah, even though he has all the, like all those weapons around him, he couldn't like get offense happening near the end of the year. So they they are missing a few key pieces. But I agree. Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. No buts about it. Then next up, the Rams. I have key pickups: Matt Stafford, Deshaun Jackson. Key losses: Jared Goff, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers. Their X factors for me, just their running back core without Cam Akers and then Matt Stafford. So the Rams finally decided to move on from Goff and upgrade to Stafford, which is huge because the team has all the makings of a contender, the top defense, the quarterback with something to prove, and a great offensive weapons. The biggest oof in their offseason was obviously Cam Akers sustaining an injury, which obviously is to no fault of their own. But they will be going, will they be going with Daryl Henderson and newly acquired Sony Michelle? Which is not a bad unit if you ask me, but as long as the defense plays like they have, this team is a playoff lock and a Super Bowl contender. Overall, I see the Rams winning the NFC West and having about 12 wins. I, I agree with you. I think they're going to win that division. That's a tough division, but I think that team... Yeah, is, it's going to be within like one or two wins of each other. Yeah, but I think that team is more, the, more, the most complete team mm-hmm. out of all the other uh, teams in this division. Next up, the 49ers. Their key pickups include Trey Lance and Alex Mack. Key losses include Richard Sherman, Tevin Coleman, Jared McKinnon, and Jordan Reed. Their X-Factors for me include the defense, and then Trey Lance, if he does start. I don't know if he will or not. But after a year of being injury-plagued, the 49ers look to return to their old contender fashion. They're, they definitely have the ability to do so, should their defense play par. Trey Lance looks like an enticing option for quarterback, too, but I think they're going to roll with Jimmy G for the entirety of the season, which may hurt them more than help them. Um... This team could even make a push for the playoffs, depending on their divisional matchups. Overall, I think the 49ers will be third in the division at around like nine or ten wins. Um, there's one thing you said. I agree with all you said. There's one thing I disagreed with, <coughs> and that's that if they rule Jimmy G all season, that's going to hurt them more than help them. You think? I think Trey Lance is the type, like Patrick Mahomes, like all these players, where you just if he's be, the longer he's behind there watching, the less pressure it has to start the better the quarterback is. And I I always say that about a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. But him and Justin Fields in particular, I think those are the type of quarterbacks that would help, not hurt. Possibly. And, and Jimmy G, 
you they proved when they weren't all banged up last year that same almost exact same team minus a few pieces made the Super Bowl two mm. years ago. Jimmy G is not the best quarterback by any strokes of the imagination, but like he, I think he's good enough to get it done. Unlike, I think he's better than like Andy Dalton, who's also in that that section where it's like, yeah, he's good enough to get it done if you have a team around him. Yeah, the Forty Nineers have a team around him, so I think they if you, they don't want to rush their young, maybe future franchise quarterback on like their first year and like let him develop that more. Like I think that's not a bad idea. Then uh, the Cardinals, I have key pickups: AJ Green, James Conner, JJ Watt. Key losses, Patrick Peterson, Kenyon Drake, and possibly Larry Fitzgerald retiring. X-Factors for me include their secondary and then their running back core. So pretty much there's a lot of hype, kind of like the Titans in the AFC for the Cardinals in the NFC. Mm -hmm. Um, They lost uh, Kenyon Drake, but Chase Edmonds looks like he's able to carry the load, and now they have James Conner to assist with that. Um, Overall, I think this team is just a lot of weird pieces meshed together that's just not going to work out in the end. I think they'll be fourth in the division with about eight or nine wins. Yeah, I mean that's it's kind of wild because uh, fourth with eight or nine wins is tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just like it's like I don't know, that that team's very well question marks. There's, they're a really mm-hmm. young, promising team, but that the rest of that division's looking really good this year. Then in the NFC Beast, first up the Cowboys. They picked up Micah Parsons. They lost nothing major. Um, X-Factors, Dak Prescott's health, and the defense. No surprises here. Dak Prescott's coming off that major injury. If that's going to keep getting re-aggravated, that's something that's going to affect this team. And then their defense was just atrocious last year. I mean, the Cowboys' offense with Dak Prescott was putting up like 45 points a game, but their defense was letting up like 48 points a game. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if their defense can step up, it doesn't look like they had anything major for that, but... I think overall they'll take the division. Um, I think it'll be another year of whoever wins this division is going to go to the playoffs, and then nothing else will produce out of this division. Yeah. But I think they'll win the division with around 9 or 10 wins. Yeah, I agree with that. Next up, the Eagles. Key pickups, Devonta Smith, on Johnson. Key losses, Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, and Deshaun Jackson. For their X-Factors, I have uh, Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. So, kind of unlike the Cowboys, the Eagles have a solid defense, but they need the, their offense is lacking. They had, like, wide receiver threes playing wide receiver ones last year, and it really showed. Um, they added some pieces for the wide receiver core, but I don't think it's anything to ride home about. It's really gonna, If this team's going to be successful, at least more than it was last year, it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts making some plays and Miles Sanders just carrying the load of the offense. Overall, I think uh, this division will probably be second in the NFC East. I'm um, looking at maybe eight wins. Um, th- did you say, how do you think Devontae Smith's going to fit? I mean, I think overall, like, I think Devontae Smith will be okay, but I don't think it's going to be anything that, like, fixes their wide receiver problems. I, I definitely get that. Do you think it'll be better than Jamar Chase, another rookie? I, yeah. I think Jamar Chase has other issues. He's not looking great in preseason and camp. I'm asking because I'm almost up, and those are the two top receivers. Really? <laughs> so it's going to be between those two. Because Jamar Chase hasn't looked good in preseason, and there's also that I issue of, like, Joe Burrow is going to get rushed to shit time. He might not have time to throw the ball. Yeah. And Jamar Chase is going to be running, like, 40 yards down the field each play. Yeah, because I'm looking at either Jamar Chase, Devontae Abs, or uh, Michael Gallup. Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, yeah. Devontae Adams got this far down. (laughs) On round, whatever round. Who was the last one? I'm up. Uh, Gallup. 
Yeah. Oh, they, never mind. Devontae Smith's taken. I guess go with Chase. I mean, Chase can pan out. Or I just got, what's it called? Ooh. I just got Herbert a couple rounds ago. Do I go Mike Williams? Do I double down the points? Yeah, but he's not the number one guy. I know, but he's also projected more fancy <laughs> points than all the people above him. Give it a shot, then. I mean, we're looking for backups now. We're not mm-hmm. like... It's not like this is going to be a good key part of my offense. Yeah. Next up, the football team. Their key pickups include Ryan Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel. They didn't really lose anything in the offseason, and their X-Factors for me is the Fitzmagic and the defense. Just pretty much, is their defense going to step up like they did last year, or is their defense going to regress a little bit? Um, I think Taylor Heineke looked amazing at the end of the season, which surprised me when they added Fitzpatrick. But as long as Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin keep up the pace, and bringing Curtis Samuel also helps their situation. This team could make a push for winning the division in the NFC East, but will largely come down to the Cowboys if they lose Dak. I think uh, I'm expecting like eight wins out of this team. Yeah, I can see that. And then last up, the Giants. Their key pickups include Kenny Galladay and Devontae Booker. Key losses is Golden Tate. The X factor to me is Saquon's health, their secondary, and Daniel Jones. So the Giants are a weird team to me. They have enough solid pieces to me to be. Real quick, do you think around 10, I have backups for everything, uh, like a couple of them? Do you think it's too early to go for like the top defense or like the top kicker? Because everyone else is kind of in right now on the running back wide receiver. How many bench spots do you have picked? It depends on what's on the board. Two. I mean, that's not a bad place to start, but it depends on what's on the board. Because, I mean, if you can get, like, the Rams and Young Hoku, that's sweet. I mean, uh, Fournette, Connor, uh, Zach Moss, Jamar Chase, nah. Kenny Drake, or Justin Tucker, or Rams defense. Or I might Young go. I was, thinking, I was thinking Tucker's more Or legit. Bucker. I might go Bucker. Eh, Bucker disappointed me last year. But uh, anyways... Or Tampa Bay defense, I might go that. It's not bad. Yeah, I'm going to Tampa Bay D. Then, uh, so for the Giants, I mean, they're a weird team to me. I think they have a solid enough pieces to be considered a playoff team. But we'll have to see how it pans out with Daniel Jones. Um, overall, I mean, if Saquon's healthy and killing it, that'll really help their situation as well. But I expect them to have maybe seven wins and being last in the NFC East. Not, yeah. I mean that that division's I mean, weird to me in the in the opposite way of that, the NFC West. Yeah, that I agree. Um, I agree that they are definitely the worst team in that division, but that division is not that good. Yeah, they can easily win the division, but it comes down to Daniel Jones just performing well. Um, for the NFC playoff picture, in order of seating, though, I have number one the Packers. Number two, the Rams. Number three, the Buccaneers. Number four, the Cowboys. Number five, the Seahawks. Number six, the Saints. And number seven, the Vikings. Maybe the 49ers. You want me to go through that again? Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. Number one, the Packers. Number two, the Rams. Number three, the Buccaneers. Number four, the Cowboys. Number five, the Seahawks. Number six, the Saints. Number seven, the Vikings. Possibly the 49ers. Hmm. 
The Vikings throw me off, but they also don't have that bad of a team. They don't, but like the Packers are going to be the winning the division. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it just comes down to their head-to-heads at that point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's what I got for the uh, NFL 2021 preview. That's crazy. I, I thought it was going to take so much longer. <laughs> that, I mean, that good for you. I'll just clap it up for you. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, How many pages was that? 16. Jesus Christ. That's a lot. But all right. Let's take it over to our top five uh, draft classes and our top five NFL player commercials. I request the highest of fives. All right. Top fives this week uh, are obviously NFL themed since the whole episode is NFL themed. Um, the first one we are doing is the best top five NFL draft classes ever, which is kind of kind of funny because we're drafting draft classes. Yeah. It's kind of that's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, then our, obviously our second one is going to be top uh, five commercials like starring NFL players, mm-hmm. uh, along anything along those lines. Uh, we just had to do some. We had to do some NFL centric thing here. Um, sorry, I'm just making sure I'm twelve picks away. Okay, uh, we flipped the coin in between segments, and I won the coin toss, so I will be going first uh, for the top five draft class uh, draft. And with that pick, I am taking the 1983 uh, draft. That is obviously, there's a third for 30 about it. It's one of the craziest drafts ever. It has Elway, Marino, um, Kel, Jim Kelly. On top of that, we still got like Eric Dickerson in that draft mm-hmm. class. You got the whole storyline with like how the uh, Steelers were thinking about the hometown kid Marino. But yeah. they're like, Bradshaw is going to be fine next year. Then he gets a career ending injury. Yeah. And the guy we had, like, didn't he like, die in a car accident? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, Rivera. So, we, like, it was just, it, that whole, like, 30 for 30 is one of my favorite 30 for 30s. It's a great one. And not only because I like uh, Dan Marino because he's from Central and Pitt, but, like, I, it just, I think it's one of the coolest draft stories ever. Obviously, Elway did what Elon Manning did, but, like, years before. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't want to go to the Colts, so I'm just going to, like, go play baseball if you don't. Trade yeah. me or whatever. Um, that was just a, yeah. That whole draft class, the whole like drama around it, I think is like one of the best drafts ever. Um. Okay. So my number one, I'm gonna go with the 2004 draft class, which included Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger in the first 11 picks, and then other stars too, like Larry Fitzgerald, Vince Wilfork, Jared Allen, and the late Sean Taylor. That's my next pick. If I got to me. Yep. One number one, let me circle that. Just that's like the draft class that, like, I started watching the NFL around that time, and that was the first one I really saw. And it's just still hold held its own to this day. I mean, amazing talent. I honestly think that, like, all quarterbacks in the same draft class, I think that's like the next best one behind the one I was drafted, Mm -hmm. like, in like. In order, I mean, like obviously there's probably ones like back in the day, like 70s, stuff like that. But since the 83 draft, I feel like this, that was the best quarterback draft. Yeah. Like all three are arguably Hall of Famers. <clears throat> um, hmm. Next up, I'm going to go with 1996's draft class for my number two pick. You son of a bitch. Which included Brian Dawkins, Ray Lewis, Terrell Owens... Uh, Marvin Harrison, and 33 pro bowlers, including Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Eddie George, um, and Teddy Bruschi. Yeah, it's a good pick. I mean, obviously, I, I, had, that mm-hmm. one, I had that one on my list. Uh, yeah, I like that pick. 
Yeah, dude. Fuck it. Just T.O., Ray Lewis, Marvin Harrison, Brian Dawkins alone. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great draft. It's insane. Those were literally my next two on my like, big board, mm-hmm. so they're obviously gone now. However, I still have another one that I really wanted for sure, because the rest of them I, I could yeah, take or leave. Yeah, that's the ones I wanted to take, uh, But the, the only other one that I really wanted to take is still on the board, and it is the 1989 draft class with uh, primetime Deion Sanders, Troy Aikman, Barry Sanders, the late uh, Derek Thomas. Um, those were all... All four of those players were in the Hall of Fame in their top five in that draft. Yeah. And on top of that, a fifth Hall of Famer was also taking Steve Atwater. Mm. Um, so I think that's just insane. The top five picks are just like that crazy players, like the caliber players. Of course. All Hall of Famers. Like it, it's just like an insane draft, and it's rare when that happens. Usually there's always a couple busts in the top five. Mm. And the fact that all five, or like four of the five were Hall of Famers is nuts. Yeah, everybody wins. Yeah. And I think the fifth person, I can't remember off the top of my head because I looked up earlier, they were still a pro bowler. Mm. Like they weren't they weren't a Hall of Famer for their pro bowler. I, I don't have the information from me, but yeah. Uh my dad to go back to back. I am thinking about the two thousand seven draft. Fuck. Um so you got Calvin Johnson obviously newly inducted to the Hall of Fame. You got Joe Thomas, one of the greatest linemen of all time, the only thing the Browns had for a lot of years there. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Peterson, one of the greatest running backs ever. Marshawn Lynch, beast mode. Darrell Rebus, Rebus Island. Greg Olson. Marsh, uh, Marshall Yanda. Steve Smith. Like, that draft class is very deep. Patrick Willis. Marshawn. Yeah. Uh, Eric Weddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I didn't write down everyone because I didn't feel like writing yeah. them down. And that's honestly because I'm so lazy that there's so many people I could have wrote down. Mm-hmm. So, that 2007 draft class was pretty sweet. Um, it's crazy that 20, 2007 didn't seem that far away. But, like, they already have a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Let me see here. What do I want to do next? A lot of mine left are, like, newer ones. All right, my last pick, Mr. Irrelevant for Ryan. Um, okay, I'm going to go for number three. I'm going to go with the 2016 draft, which included Derrick Henry, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Joey Bosa, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and Ezekiel Elliott. Which, obviously, we don't know if any of them are going to be Hall of Famers, but we could expect a lot of these people are going to be Hall of Famers. Um, Just great talent off the board there. Mm -hmm. Do you think uh, Elijah Moore is going to do good? Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's my last pick. Okay. Um, Sorry, which one did you take? 2016. Derrick Henry, yeah, Thomas, yeah, yeah. Tyreek Hill, Joey Bosa, Dak, Goff, Wentz, and Zeke. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you said Bosa? Yeah, Bosa. Larry Tunsil, Mr. Bong Rip. Yeah, that was, that was the craziest <laughs> story for that draft, too. Dude, he was going to be a top Because that came five, out, right? like, the week of. He dropped so far <laughs> in that draft. Oh, man. I saw. I saw, listened to the interview on PMT with their uh, GM during yeah, that from time, the Dolphins, too. Yeah. And he was like, dude, I think this guy's going to fall to us. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just bot. Like, yeah, that's funny. Um, my number four, I'm going to go with the 1993 drafts, which included Jerome Bettis, Michael Strahan, John Lynch, and then also 36 Pro Bowlers, including Drew Bloodshow, uh, Troy Brown, and Dana Stubbenfield. That's my number four. That's a good pick. So I have back-to-back to finish it off. Okay. And I am... I have, I think, four really good ones here, so I don't know. Give me a second. Um, 
I only have two left, so I hope you don't take both of mine. But we're going to have to do some digging. <laughs> you just have my ones I don't use because I just want them on the graphic. I, I think I know which I, I think I know a third one I can take. But all right, well I'll go with this one. I'm going to go with 2012. Yeah. Okay. Russell That's... Wilson, Andrew Luck, Luke Kuechly, Melvin Ingram, David DeCaster, Devontae High, Deontay Hightower, Bobby Wagner, Josh mm-hmm. Norman, and Super Bowl MVP Big Dick Nick Fools. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean that's just like and Russell Wilson was like a third round, like like third rounder or something like that. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck. If he didn't retire, I mean, he's still great even though he retired. Uh, he was first overall pick, and that was, like, really big. Obviously, DeCastro was great for us. Uh, Bobby Wagner is, like, one of the best players on that Seattle's defense. Mm-hmm. And Big Dick Nick has a Super Bowl MVP. So, I think that's a pretty solid one. Then for my fifth pick, mm, I'm going to go 2010. Okay. Uh, you got Gronk. You got yeah. Des Bryant. Uh, Trent Williams. Joe Hayden. Earl Thomas. JPP. Ryan Matthews, Mar- uh, Marquise Pouncey, Cam Chancellor, Jimmy Graham, and our our podcast favorite wide receiver, Antonio Brown. So I think that I think number the 2010 draft is very very was very very deep. Obviously Antonio Brown, even though he went crazy, is still one of the best wide receivers to ever play, and he was a super late pick. So mm-hmm. um, when he's he a was late what pick, sixth round, yeah, sixth. Uh, his fifth. I think he's mid sixth round. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Gronk. Mm-hmm. Gronk is one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end ever. Um, and Jimmy Graham's up there, too, as tight mm-hmm. ends. Joe Hayden's great. Trent Williams is a great uh, lineman. Yeah, that whole, that whole, that whole uh, draft is pretty deep. All right. My number five pick, I'm going to take the 2001 draft. With Danny Tomlinson, uh, Steve Hutchinson were two Hall of Famers out of there. Then they also had 34 Pro Bowlers, including Drew Brees, Reddy Wayne, Steve Smith Sr., um, who are all on their way to get there. I think Reggie Wayne made it. I don't know. This might be an old article I read. Oh, Reggie Wayne? Yeah, yeah. He, I think he made it last year. Okay. Not yeah. last year. Two years ago. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. I don't think so. I don't eh, know. Either way. Yeah. No, I think that's a good one. Um, any honorable mentions or did I take? Uh, I had the 1981 class with Lawrence Taylor, Ronnie Lott, Mike Singletary, Howie Long, and Russ Grimm. I had... Um, one of the last ones I had, 1997, Orlando Pace, Walter Jones, James Ferrier, uh, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Tiki Barber, the <laughs> hardest hitting safety in the league, Darren Sharper, uh, Jake the Snake Plumber. <laughs> oh, God. That was a good one. And then 2011 was another one I was debating between J.J. Watt, Cam Newton, Vaughn Miller, Julio Jones, mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson, Cam Jordan, Cam Hayward, Jason Kelsey, Richard Sherman. Damn. Yeah, that's a good one, too. <clears throat> this was this was a weird top five, but I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. What was your picks? So number one, I had the uh, 2004 draft. Number two, I had the which was it? No, wait. Yeah, number one was oh, number, number two, two was, was 1996. Yeah, yeah. Right number, sorry, I misread my own writing. Then number three was 2016, number four was uh, 1993, and number five was 2001. Yeah, mine was uh, 1983, uh, 1989, 2007, 2012, 2010. Okay. Yeah, I think for good. the graphic, I'll just put the number, and then I'll have it underlined underneath with like the top two, three players. Yeah. So, so like one and then A. You know? So yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think so. I think that's the way to do it. Because a lot of people will be like, who the fuck was in the 1993 group? That's class? what I was thinking. Yeah. I, like, I have, even my notes wise, I have like in parentheses 
mm-hmm. key players that you can just pick from. Nice, yeah, that'll be solid. Um, all right, all right. Now let's take it over to the second one, which you are running. You are first in that one. So if you want to take it over, go ahead. Okay, okay. Fuck, it's gonna be tough. Number one, NFL player commercials. Um, I'm gonna say Marshawn Lynch and anything he does. I love because I don't have any Marshawn Lynch. Okay, the guy's hilarious. Yeah, anytime he's on the TV, it's a fucking riot. Yeah, like his verbiage, his fucking presence, demeanor—it's just hilarious to me. Oh, one of my favorite cameos in Brooklyn on Nine is Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that episode. I think I did. Yeah, it's like uh, the one. Detectives like I love this guy. He doesn't talk. He refuses to talk to media. It's my perfect person because she's really quiet and like mean like that. And he gets into the office like, "What did you uh, see? Anything?" It's like I didn't see anything. She's like, "I love it." And see, he's like, "Cause I was eating my quesadilla." And he started going off yeah. like an hour rant about like he's his great. mom and eating quesadillas, and <laughs> skittles, and yeah, no, I agree. That, that's he's a great. good pick. Um, I know what yours will be though. I'm back to back. Yeah, number one, meet Joe Green, Kevin yeah. Cole, here kid, toss a jersey. One of the most iconic, literally, they spoof it in like every TV show. Like, yeah. it's one of the most iconic commercials hey, ever. Me and Joe? Uh, yeah, hey, me and Joe here, kid, catch. That's one of the greatest commercials ever. I think I picked that in the Super Bowl commercial draft, too. Mm-hmm. When we did that back in the day. My number two, very Reedsy bias because it's popping all over the place, but the Cam Newton plays 60. With the little yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. popping all over the place because everyone says that's Mac Jones. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I'm just loosening up my arms. That up. was funny back <laughs> when it wrote and played. Uh, if you showed me that before Cam Newton was on the Patriots, that whole situation, I'd probably still laugh. Yeah. And yeah. now that like it's coming back as a meme, just makes it funny again. Mm-hmm. So it might be recency bias, but I'm gonna go Cam Newton play sixty with the kid. All right, all right. Um, my number two, I'm gonna go with the Watt Brothers and Subway. Oh, that was on my list. That's that was a short list. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So when they had all the Watt Brothers, they had like the Subway and the NFL partnership. So they had a bunch yeah. of different commercials. The one that was the best, though, they got all three Watt brothers, and they had a subway in their backyard, and they were just in line for subway, just ragging on each other. Yeah, and it was great. That one's great too. Mm-hmm. And then there's the first one they had where it's like the moms passing out the subways, and it was like tuna for TJ and this for JJ, and they're like, "No, mom, this is for TJ. This is for JJ." <laughs> it's like here's Derek. <laughs> like yeah. that one was funny too. I agree. I had that one. Do you think he's really DJ? But he just doesn't go no, by DJ. No, I know, I know the whole story behind that. Really? Yeah, he his nick his name is Derek some of the J. So he is DJ. Yeah. But he didn't go by DJ because DJ Tanica's full house. That, that was the only way he's growing up. And he and his friends would they make fun of him for having a girl's name, even though it wasn't a girl's name. Uh, so he just didn't go by DJ, he went by Derek because he didn't want to be made fun of at school. That's kind of funny. Yeah, so because yeah. like, because his middle name's like John or something like that. It's like Derek something yeah. the J. Yeah. Because they all that's the whole thing that their parents were going for. Okay. Oh, that, that's it, right? Oh, I go. Hey, it's oh, my, wait, I do get you another one. You get another one. Yeah, my bad. That wasn't my pick. That was your pick. Um, fuck. I have a couple good ones still. Uh, I'm, it's tough here. I'm going to go with the Aaron Rodgers and the discount double check. I, I say I'm going to put on the list, but I didn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I hey, mean, Rodgers. That's a great commercial. Hey, Rogers! There's, like, some fucking Packers fan with a giant cheese head. Yeah. And then, like, he had the whole discount double-check, like, celebration. I was going to say, that, that's after the commercial, mm-hmm. right? Like, it wasn't, like, a thing he did, and then, like, yeah. they yeah. just added a double, discount double-check. 
No, no, he did that before. Yeah, so on the it's like a bell. It's like a bell. Yeah, and then after that, after the commercial came out, they said on the commercial, they're like, this is actually the discount double check. Yeah, and so they start being called the discount double check. Yeah, yeah. And he still does it as a discount double check, not like yeah. the championship bell wherever he started. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, that's funny. I love those commercials. <laughs> hey, Rod, this is some big chubby like Packers Yeah, man. like honestly, all the State Farm commercials, he does, he does well with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, I'm going to go back to back. I'm going to go. Uh, so this one's kind of like the way you're talking about Marshawn Lynch. There's a few of them. Yeah. If you have them on the list, I will be specific. But if not, I'm just going to take all of them. Go ahead. Um, Peyton Manning with the MasterCard commercials. Okay. So back in the day, they were the best. They was like the obviously their the MasterCard commercials like. Uh, groceries, $75, mm. uh, a grill, $80, being the best fan, priceless. It's like Massacre, all those kind of commercials, yeah. they had a whole campaign with a couple, like three or four with uh, Peyton Manning just cheering on everyday people. Like, he'd be at like the diner, he'd be like, coffee, <laughs> coffee, and like, uh, like the one time, like he saw someone trip in public, he's like, hey, just rub some dirt on it, kid, get it back out there, you're gonna win this game. Like, he was cheering on accountants going to work, like they're the best, the funniest commercials, <laughs> Um, and that was when I was younger, when I was like a big Peyton Manning fan. So like, it was just like, every time those commercials came on, my parents were like, Ryan, it's on. I'd get all smiley. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely had to go with one of those. Um, and sticking with a Peyton Manning, number four is going to be, this is ESPN, the Mannings. Um, it's a, a ESPN commercial for ESPN. You know, those, this is ESPN commercials I always had. Yeah. Um, oh, it was yeah. Arch Manning on a tour with like the families on a tour of ESPN yeah. and Peyton and Eli are behind like give each other wet willies and, like, kicking <laughs> each other. And Arch would turn around and give them a look, and they'd stop and, like, point at each other. Yeah. It's one of the greatest This Is ESPN commercials, and so I had to throw it on there. This Is ESPN, the Mannings. All right, all right. Um, what am I going to do here? All right, number three. Right now. Number four. I'm going to go with the Troy Paul Mother Head and Shoulders. Yeah. Just great. And then they brought it back with Patrick Mahomes when yeah. he was an ex-sponsor. And they, like, had the whole, like, duel. And he was like, it's two Super Bowls. Like, check it out. Yeah. And he was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And they're doing like, the offense-defense thing with it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take that for my number four. Number five, um, I'm going to go with the Eli Manning and OBJ Dirty Dancing spot. I was thinking about that. I hate OBJ, so I didn't put it on the list. Yeah, I, so it was more about the timing for me because the Giants – weren't in the Super Bowl. Like, Patriots in the Super Bowl, but Eli Manning was out of the league at this point. But then they brought Eli Manning into the Super Bowl with that commercial, and I was like, dude, Patriots are going to lose. Like, Eli Manning was in the fucking halftime yeah. commercial Did show. Like, was that the Eagles one? I I can't remember if it was the Rams or the Eagles. I have, that'd, that'd be sweet. That'd be sweet if it was Eagles. the Eagles, yeah. yeah. But that would be my number uh, five spot then. That's a good one. I mean, I didn't add it because OBJ. Yeah, no, I feel that. I'm debating between one that I think is very funny, but I don't think people would remember it because I don't. I didn't remember it until I looked it up. Yeah. Or one that everyone knows, and it's a really good for the graphic. Okay. I'm gonna go with the really good for the graphic. I'm gonna, I'll pander to the audience here. Right. I'm gonna go with the Hulu has a lot of sports deep fake oh, Saquon yeah. and uh, Baker. Oh, how did I not pick that? It, it was it, obviously it's funny because it's a funny commercial, but it's even funnier because I still have on my phone a picture of Baker with a really skinny nerd body yeah, and his head yeah. on him. Uh, deep fake Saquon, deep fake Baker. Um, no, it was Baker Mayfield's head on not Baker Mayfield's body. Yeah, and deep fake Saquon, <laughs> deep Barkley. Fake Saquon Barkley. Yeah, yeah, no, that commercial was very funny. 
like I said, anytime Baker Mayfield has a bad game, I just tweet out that picture of him. Yeah. So, like, it's just, like, a perfect meme. Um, yeah, the one I was debating between the honorable mention, did you ever see the Week of Greatness footlocker campaign with Tom Brady? Yeah, I had that right after the Right after the flight gate. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he was yeah. like, just because they're playing good. Uh, that would be my last one yeah. if I didn't use the deep fake one. No, I had that on my list. I also had the Jim and Nathaniel's commercial. Uh, I don't remember that one. It was like very back old. Away in the day. It was yeah, nah. Very old. It was hilarious. Yeah, I don't know if I ever saw that one. Then uh, I had Peyton Manning Nationwide. Yeah, those are okay, but I feel but like you just have them stuck in your head no matter what, even if you liked it or hated it. Yeah. Chicken parm, you taste so good. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a good one. Then uh, I had the Tom Brady one, and then Tony Romo and Corona. So it was like right when he retired, before he went broadcasting, he did one of those desk, commercials. Desk. Yeah. Yeah. But those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, I really didn't have any because I just didn't really. Like, there's a lot I I saw when I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to put them. Like, yeah, I I think there could be better ones. And the ones I had, I didn't think you were gonna take, so I didn't really load up on the ones unnecessary. So my number one, I had Marshawn Lynch and anything he does. Number two, uh, the Watt brothers and Subway. Number three, Aaron Rodgers and the discount double check. Number four, Troy Polamalu and Head and Shoulders. And number five, Eli Manning and OBJ Dirty Dancing. That's it. The Watt, the Watt one was the only one you took that I had. Um. Number one, Coca-Cola, me and Joe Green. Here you go, kid. Number two, the Cam Newton play 60 NFL commercial. Number three, the old Peyton Manning MasterCard commercials uh, where you cheer on the regular everyday people. Number four, this is ESPN featuring the Mannings. And number five, the Hulu has a lot of sports. D-Fake, Saquon, Baker Mayfield, and Wrong Body. <laughs> I, I, I thought that list was going to suck. I, I did like that. I did like that list. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take it over to week one pickums. <laughs> All right. Week one pickums. 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 The NFL season is upon us today. When you're hearing this Thursday, September 9th. The season will start tonight, and I cannot wait. Yeah. I've been, like, this is, like, the first season I've really, like, been craving missing football. Like, yeah, Because yeah. usually, because last year, like, obviously the NBA season and hockey season went into, like, the beginning of the NFL season, so it wasn't, like, that big. We, didn't, we haven't had the just baseball in a long time. Yeah, yeah. So it was, like, a weird, and I really crave another sport besides baseball. Um, especially football. I mean, football is great. It's uh, best sport. Yeah, absolutely. We are going to get into the pickums. We do not yet have our punishments for this season. We have a couple ideas bouncing around. Guy still has to do all of his punishments. Um, I'm looking for a three-peat. Guy's looking for, to for the, break no. the streak. Yeah, uh, the one. If, uh, obviously, we mentioned a couple weeks ago the SAT thing happened where he has to reschedule. If he doesn't, I try to get him to give me a head start and pick on but he won't. I'll just be fucked. It's just delaying the inevitable. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you have your Mark Sanchez jersey coming? Yeah, it's on the way. Is it going to be here by week one? I don't know. If it's not, then every week it doesn't, it goes into the postseason. That's fine. Because it's supposed to be just regular season. That's fine. So if it doesn't hear by week, say it gets here by week three, yeah. do the first two rounds of the playoffs. All right. Um, or just get straight Super Bowl with it. 
<laughs> go, to, go to the Super Bowl. With you have to day. buy a ticket. That's the, the, that'll be the this year's punishment when you lose. <laughs> is you have to go. You have to spend like fifteen thousand dollars to get a Super Bowl ticket, um, or just go super hard in contests and try to win. Oh God! All right, but uh, enough banter. Let's get into the actual pickums this year. Uh, starting off the season opener is Thursday night game, September 9th. We have the Dallas Cowboys versus the reigning Super Bowl champs, uh, Tam- uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The game will be in Tampa, Florida. So this is the opener? Home opener. Cowboys versus Bucks? And Cowboys versus Rangers. Such a weird opener. Well, Thursday night games are always weird combos. Yeah. Um, usually the first game is like a good one, though. Yeah, usually it's the reigning champ versus like whoever. Yeah. But maybe they're thinking. It's- 